going through life, it's like you're always learning something new about whatever you're doing. Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're always going to be constantly learning something. ADHD Rewired, episode number 41. This is the show designed to help those of us who have really good intentions and a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and consultant. We know that starting can be the hardest part, so let's get started. Go to erictibbers.com slash coaching rewired to let me know that you are ready to make 2015 your most productive year yet by joining the next ADHD rewired coaching and accountability group. Go to erictibbers.com slash coaching rewired. Support this podcast and get a free audiobook download by going to audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired. That's audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired for your free audiobook download. Hello, ADHD Rewired community. Eric Tivers here with another episode of ADHD Rewired. Just a couple of things before we get started with today's interview. The holidays are coming up, and one way that you can support this podcast, if you go to my podcast landing page, which is erictivers.com slash podcast, or just go to uh, ADHDrewired.com and then click on the podcast icon. I am working on fixing that URL uh, to make it easier to get you guys to where I want you to go. Um, I'm already on a tangent within about 30 seconds of trying to tell you what I'm about to tell you. It's a good thing I have notes because now I'm going to look at those. So the holidays are coming up, and um, if you go to erictivers.com slash podcast, you will see on the right side there is an Amazon search bar. I am an Amazon affiliate, and one really awesome way that you can support uh, this podcast is by going through my website when you shop at Amazon uh, for these holidays. So it doesn't cost you anything more, and I get a couple pennies on uh, your purchases. So I want to thank you in advance for doing that and letting you know uh, that is an option for you if you did not know that already. And let's see, what else? Oh, what do you think of the uh, slightly abridged uh, intro, the shorter intro that I'm trying out, which I'm now making up for by a rambling pre-introduction to the show? Um <laughs> And uh, for this week's episode, I want to also let you know to head over to my website. Go to erictivers.com slash 41 for episode 41. And I'm going to have on there posted a video uh, of this week's episode that uh, I, I recorded the video via Skype. And then I also um, have in there, I left some extra footage so there's some bonus footage so you can kind of see how it all happens. Um, so if you're interested in that, go check that out. And if you like that, leave some comments below the video because I'll have a comment, uh, a space for comments there. And I think that is all the, uh, the information I have now. So without further ado, let me bring you this week's episode with Jennifer Ratliff. I am here with virtually with Jen Ratliff. There's no T on the end. It's R-A-T-L-I-F-F, right? Yes. Okay. Jen Ratliff. And she is a college student at Belmont University, uh, which is in Nashville. She is originally from Kentucky. And um, so and she's actually been a member of the Facebook uh, community group really since it started. Yeah, I think there were like less than 20 people when I joined <laughs> I think when the first like 10 or 20 people that, that were in there, I think I just pulled them in and they're probably like, what am I doing here? Um, so I don't remember if that was your experience, but you've been around in this group for a while. And uh, so you do have ADHD and yes. uh, you were diagnosed when you were, you said 14 years old. Yes. And you just recently um, returned from a, a long trip and what you refer to as the little land of denial. Yeah, or my new, or another name for it could be ADH denial. <laughs> so welcome back from the land of denial and to the land of I have ADHD and 
it's okay and we're figuring these things out. Um, so you said you were diagnosed when you were 14, and like most teenagers, um, you know better than all adults. Um, you said you shared yes. with me that when uh, you you um, went to see that psychologist, you were pretty convinced that that psychologist didn't know anything, and that you were right and he was wrong, or she um, was wrong. So take us there a little bit first. Um, for, well, first tell us a little bit about who you are in addition to what I had just kind of set up so your college students tell us maybe what you're studying uh, and then we'll kind of go back to where you started okay I am studying music business which is well the degree I'd technically be awarded a graduation is a degree in business administration but I get like a few extra classes to learn about specifically the music business mm-hmm. and and working in that kind of realm and I don't know. I've loved country music for a really long time and I would love to like do something in Nashville. Like that's, that's my current idea. What, so, what, what would your dream job be? Uh, I don't even know because there's, you think, you know, like that there's all these things to do in the music business, but there's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like decisions. And then, you know, me, decisions take a while sometimes. That is a common feature of ADHD. Mm-hmm. Often the, the problem is there's so many choices and they all look good. And so then we get stuck in kind of uh, analysis paralysis. Oh, what yes. should I do? Yes. So I am kind of in that, like, because I'm in the first class of that major and learning about all of that and it's just like so what do I want to do because I kind of have to figure these things out well sort of <laughs> you know you, you want us to focus to get that that piece of paper but then after that you know it's what, what you choose to do you can change your mind later on and you can recreate exactly. and reinvent I mean I'm a I'm a therapist with a podcast you know it's like I, I make it fun so yeah. it's um you know I think that that one of the the um positives but also that can be a challenge when you have adhd and you have all these interests is that you have all these interests and it's hard to you know focus on one long enough to do something with it um so it's so i you know i think it's a fun industry to probably be in. i don't know that much about it i know that there's a lot of different aspects to it i know some people that are that are in it um but i think that it's going to be a fun journey for you so now you transferred from from where to where I transferred from a school close to home called Northern Kentucky University. Mm-hmm. And then I I went there for two years um, right out of high school. It, NKU is that school where everybody from high school is kind of like, oh, let's go there. Okay. So, so it was like you, was your, your, um, you kind of brought your childhood with you. Partially because okay. I did I did only go to public school for the four years of high school. Okay. Before that, I went to Catholic school. So. And how was that for you? Catholic school was different. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was different, and there were things that happened throughout that experience where it's like, seriously. <laughs> Do you want to share any of those, or should we should we move on? Uh, well, I had a crazy kindergarten teacher that sent me to the assistant principal's office because I accidentally knocked over pencils. Well, why'd you do that? I have no idea. (laughs) Shame on you. But she like took me by the arm and like took me upstairs. And then that assistant principal would later be my seventh grade English teacher. Was that a good thing or no? I don't think she remembered. So good thing. Okay. Okay. So... You said around 14 is when he first got that that diagnosis of ADHD. Yes. What was what was going on at that time that your parents uh, you know brought you to get in to to see somebody to and get that diagnosis? Well, my parents at that point were separating. Okay. And like you know, eventually they would be divorced once the whole legal process like worked its so-called magic okay and um is that still hard for you not 
really. Because I can see now that I'm older, like, how much better it is. Yeah. Because as you were saying that, I just say, the, as I have the, the ability to see your facial expressions, and I just heard this tiny yes. crack in your voice when you, when you were saying that. And I was like, Ooh, it sounds like this, you know, it still might be hard, or maybe just the memory of it is what you're yeah, thinking. Yeah, it's just like the, the memories of it can be difficult still okay. because it's like, you know, because my dad got remarried kind of quickly afterwards. Mm. And so. So that must have been weird, hard. I mean, what? Weird. What, yeah. Especially because my stepmom is so much younger than he is. And it's just kind of interesting how that works. And then like having step siblings and that kind of thing. Wow. It's so, interesting. Um, so this happened all pretty quickly you said um and that's and so in the the kind of whirlwind of of all this when you were 14 um you're having some difficulty coping with all this it sounds like yeah and then like you know my parents were separating and divorcing um and then i was going to transition to public school for high school Mm -hmm. and so like it's it's weird. I have all of these periods of like extreme change sometimes. And it's just like change is awesome. Possibly. To a degree. <laughs> it's you know, it's kind of that idea that that once we start figuring out some of the self management of our own symptoms, we're really can be very rigid on our systems until we get bored of it and we walk away from it and need that change because we're bored. And so it's like, keep everything the same until it's boring. And then I got to change everything. And then it doesn't make sense until I've sit with it for a while. And now it's, we're back to, I think I've been here before. Uh, So, okay. You're, so you initially went into counseling to help with kind of processing the divorce. Yes. Okay. Then what? Um, Somehow, some way, the whole ADHD thought came up again because one of my cousins has it. And my mom had kind of thought for a while that I had it. But, um, yeah, we had done, like, a thing with one of my doctors before where we gave, like... You had done a thing. But, like, scale, like, where they we, they got the scale thingies. Like, you know technically. Like, so you things. stepped on a scale and... Like the, sorry, <laughs> ra- ra- so you did the rating scales. Yeah, the ra- they gave like the rating scales to my teachers, and but the only thing that they agreed on was talks excessively. Okay. Because yeah, that but happens. You're, but you're a girl; that's expected, right? So we just miss everything else. Yeah, and but there was I, a lot more going on. Yeah, it's just like. Yeah, talk successively was the only thing that they really agreed on. And my doctor was like, yeah, I don't think you have it. And I think it was more of a hesitation about medication that okay. made her say that. Made the, made the doctor or made the teacher? The doctor. Okay. Say that. I think she was kind of like, because she did not, I remember something she said, and she just did not seem a fan of stimulants. You know, and it's it, it's such an important issue. I'm glad that you brought this up. I was actually uh, made a comment on, uh, I think I got an email from, from a listener um, uh, just this morning. And you know, let me see if I can actually pull that up really quickly. Um, so I got this email this morning and um, from someone that, that contacted me through my website uh, who listens to the podcast. Uh, first name is Beverly. And the subject of this email is adult ADD meds. Uh, her son is, and I'm going to leave some of the information out. Uh, her son is in a volunteer organization um, in Texas, and um, out of the, and he just ran out of his Adderall, um, which was prescribed from the college, uh, the college doctor. Uh, he told, he is told that his doctors won't prescribe it. Um, maybe a psychiatrist, but no appointments for three months, and they probably don't take health insurance from the volunteer organization that I'm remaining nameless. Um, let's see. Uh, they're from Minnesota, and she asked me if I've ever heard about a therapist not being friendly or understanding of adults with, with ADD. Is there such a terrible problem with drug abuse uh, or with Adderall that, that doctors don't like to prescribe it at all? 
And I responded to her saying that, you know, unfortunately, this actually is a very common problem. Um, it is. And that, um, you know, it's it's an issue that I think is not getting enough coverage. Um, you know, people love to talk about how, you know, the the people who are abusing the medication. Exactly. They're not talking about the people who, who actually need it and have to jump through, you know, hoops that are like on fire and they're moving. Yes. And, you know, it's so... You know, I haven't really figured out the best way to uh, really draw attention to the story, but every time it, it makes my skin boil. I have. Cer- oh yes, I've seen you <laughs> in the group. You've so, just been like seriously because that I can't remember who it was, but they posted about the Tennessee laws, and I was like, what? Right, we used to, wasn't that like you used to like pee in a cup every month or something See, like that? Yeah. And oh, fill out like like reams of paperwork. Counting her pills, that too. Um. Yeah, and, like, that made me mad because I'm, like, I should not permanently move here if the laws are like that. <laughs> right. So in, so we bring this up because you were saying that, that your doctor wasn't really comfortable with prescribing the medication. Yeah, so, my doctor at that point was apparently not. Um, yeah, I've had, like, I had a doctor after her, another doctor after her, and now my current doctor. And the doctor you have now, is he or she comfortable with prescribing? She's cool with it. Um, yeah, she's just like, she's not happy with some of the side effects that I'm having with the one I take right now. Can but, you share this with us? Um, yeah, um, it's mostly the um, appetite and weight loss okay. kind of deals. A, that is a common side effect. Yeah. Because you had uh, mentioned uh, in our, in our pre-year, I'm going to try to talk now. <laughs> You mentioned in a previous conversation uh, that um, you'd lost some significant amount of weight and you're not a big person to begin with. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, so much yeah. dainty. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, people call me tiny sometimes. And um, yeah, I lost like the first month I was on Vivance, you know, I call it the magic month because the magic what? the magic month because it was like oh my God, this medication is so working. Like it's totally working and I can totally tell that this is totally working. And it's then... It's not that, 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 that totally magic feel sense. And then my, I go to the doctor like just after a month to kind of like, oh, how's it doing? Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, your weight's down nine pounds. Wow. Like, In what? one month. Yeah. Although my... With the fluctuations that I experienced, I was on the high end. Okay. I will say that. With, okay. Like, or did you realize that you had lost all that weight? No. Okay. <laughs> no one else had either, apparently. And because of the first round of times that I was on medications, and um, on the first one, I lost a lot of weight over that period. And so... When I lost nine pounds in a month and no one else noticed and not even I noticed, I kind of let everybody around me have it. I was just like, how could you all not notice? And it's like, they were all baffled, I think, too, because that's crazy. So what are you doing now with medication? Um, I'm still on Vyvanse. I'm hoping that when I go home next month, I can just saying to my doctor like you know I don't think I should do this anymore just because like the virus yeah there's also like sleep issues and mm. like one time um I was trying to climb up onto my bed because I'm sitting on the other bed in my room because I don't have a roommate and so my bed is actually wafted and I was climbing up and um I started having chest pains and I felt dizzy Mm. I have not slept in that bed since and I already know that the medication can increase my heart rate just because of what it it, is it's a central nervous system stimulant exactly so it sounds like you're still trying to you're working through some of the medication management and it's, it's helpful but some of the side effects are um, definitely of, of note that need to be looked at. Yeah, because, I mean, my doctor would barely write the prescription for me, like right before I came down to Tennessee for school. 
Then do you because... do you track like your symptoms and 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 side effects? Oh yeah, I keep pretty good track. Of... Do you, like do you actually write it down? I don't write it down. I keep. This is what I told my psychologist when she recommended head, that you? I use a planner. She, I'm like, because I'm like sitting there and I'm telling her about all the things I have to do, like at, at this one point, and she's like, "Do you just keep all of this in your head?" And I said, "Yeah." And she's like, "No." You're making, you're making your ADHD worse by doing that. Just so you know. Uh huh. Yeah. This is this is why I'm. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the yeah, the smile on your face. That's the typical ADHD smile of. I know you're right, but I haven't done anything yet to change this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just like I know how important sleep is, and yet the last two nights in a row, I was at my office until midnight, which I had not actually uh, done in quite some time. Yes, I think my brain was still people. kind of in, in overdrive from the Chad conference. Yes, like get out of overdrive, Eric. <laughs> Spend time with your family or something. I know it's, uh, <laughs> I, and I have to thank my um, the, the group that I'm uh, in right now, um, the the ADSG Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group, because um, I I participate in that with, with the yes. accountability partners, and so my accountability partner was uh, was on the spot with me, and and um, <laughs> she she made me send her a picture of myself in bed. Um, don't worry, the covers were completely covering everything. It was just that accountability, and it probably wasn't yes. for her. I probably would have st- like never left my office. 12 hours later. Um, so, <laughs> Jen, help me out here. What, what the hell are we talking about? Um, looking at my notes. And just, just so the listeners know, as be, before I hit record with Jen, I was telling her that uh, my, you know, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. My brain's feeling a little bit foggy. And I was, I was, I was going through all this pre-show stuff that I go through people, but I think I kept going through it. And then I realized that I think I was just procrastinating to hit record because uh, my brain is just feeling a little bit foggy. Um, so I just thought I would share that with, with everyone because the, you know, I know what affects sleep, uh, the lack of sleep has on me. And I know that I was interviewing you uh, when I was yeah. looking at my calendar yesterday and all that knowledge still didn't seem to help. You know, it's. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like, I have the knowledge but I'm not going to act on the knowledge. Like I'm just gonna do what I want. Yeah, and it, well, and that's that's the 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 weird thing is that I actually want to go. I I get stuck, and that's and yeah. Um, and I, I understand that that is a, is a is a brain function that's going on. That's it's it's not that I don't care because I do care. It's like the part of my brain that needs to activate my body in order to make the action happen does, does not work as well, um, especially in the evening when my medication is worn off. Yeah, that's yay, happy fun times. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So there's there's a lot of a couple of different reasons that I figured why it's been going on the last few days, and I'm already setting up some uh, kind of rebringing in some systems that I have had in place, including the uh, my favorite piece of software on my computer, which is uh, Freedom, which blocks me from the internet. But when I recently updated my uh, my um, Mac to uh, to Yosemite, uh, it, and it came with an update for uh, Freedom. Oh, yeah. my, my Mac just asked me about that this morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, so it, it re- so you, you have like a preset schedule, and it reset the whole schedule, and I just haven't gone in and redone it. But I did share that with my accountability partner, and it's on my to-do Yay! list today to reset that. And now that I've, even though this will be probably listened to in several weeks from now, um, just me saying it, sometimes does what is one more step to actually making uh, your intention turn into an action. Yes. So speaking of intentions and actions, um, I, I mean, I remember being a college student and um, after I got that diagnosis uh, when I was a college student, which was after my, after I almost failed out of college yeah. um, and started taking Adderall and that, that really was a, a game changer for me. Um, cause now I was actually able to study and focus on and one thing at a time. And except I was what I would describe as the hardest working, least efficient student. Um, writing was a challenge for me. And one of the things that you said that writing is also sometimes a challenge for you. Yeah. Like sit, sitting down and actually doing it and then just putting the thoughts together in a way where I'm not jumping around too much and, or like shifting my focus and in like in the middle of a paragraph or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then like, I say that I speak and talk in run on sentences. I also and, do that. 
like like I speak and I write in run-on sentences sometimes and it's yeah I need to cut down on that habit because there can only be so many prepositional phrases in a sentence and the answer to that is not 10 (laughs) (laughs) so what are you what are you doing to try to to improve on that um mostly I just have to like I just kind of have to be like disciplined with myself and say you need to break this down. Mm-hmm. Look at this sentence. Like I've taken sentences before and I've written them down, circled every single preposition in them because I know my own patterns by now. And then I'll be like, what is unnecessary? Like what is completely not relevant? Mm-hmm. And then I start to be able to throw out parts of the sentence just because it's like, I'm going off on a tangent or something in the middle of the sentence right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> now, when you write, do you, uh, any, do, do you pre-write? Do you do any kind of outlining or mind mapping? I am really bad about pre-writing. Uh, I pretty much only do pre-writing when it's like forced by a professor. How about like, by, how about by a podcast host? Potentially, because... Okay, so here, I'm, I'm going to give you a challenge. Do you have any papers that are coming up that you haven't started yet? Um, short ones, but yes. Okay. I am going to challenge you to spend a good amount of time on the pre-writing process, whether that's a mind map or an outline, however you do best with that. One of the things, because the, the mind mapping or outlining process gives you that ability to, to piece together your thoughts. And now you have a structure on how to piece together your, uh, your your paragraphs. It's the paragraphs that get a lot of extra fluff in it. And the just the natural kind of inclination of, of pre-writing, of mind mapping or outlining, is it's kind of a fluff-free zone. You just put the key pieces yes. of information. And truly, that's what you're going to use to kind of glue together your ideas. I found that that one, for me, because I used to do this too, I'd have these huge run on things and the three pages of a tangent, then I'd have to go back and look at what was my topic sentence because those last three pages had nothing to do with what my topic sentence is. Um, and so I found that by by doing the, the planning process, and when you spend that time to plan, you're going to get to save time later that, that you spent uh, doing the planning. So can I, um, can I ask you to... Uh, maybe share with us what the next assignment that you're going to do and then maybe post in the uh, Facebook community group your pre-writing and then your post-writing. Yes. Um, okay. I don't know which assignment I will start on first because they and are just so you know, she's looking up in her head because that's where all of her key information is being held. Yes. Oh, dear, Jen. They're, they're <laughs> both... Well, they are written down in my planner, but um, it's... <laughs> Um, either going to be my final English assignment or my final religion class assignment. Have you ever done mind mapping? No, even though you posted about it maybe a hundred times. <laughs> if I think that it's it's such a, an amazing um, uh, tool for people who have a lot of tangential thoughts because it actually yes. allows it, it, it's structured completely to enable an organized use of tangential thoughts. So if you have a random idea, you're not sure where to put it, you just connect it to the main idea, and then it kind of sits there until you can figure out how it's pieced together. So with outlining and writing, you have to think linearly, right? Yeah. With mind mapping, you really have to, I mean, you don't have to do it linearly. You can can think completely randomly, but then when you're finished, you have a a piece of, of... you know, something tangible in front of you that now you can put together in a linear paper. Yeah. Yeah, and these will be shorter, so they're good to start with. When, when can we look forward to seeing your first mind map? Um, okay, she's officially assigning that on the first. Um, so you're looking at your calendar? Yes, um, my nice planner here. Which is fully decorated to the brim in Hello Kitty stickers. 
Yes, because I'm like a child, basically. You know, and I think that there is so much value in in that. I think anything we can do to make it more fun, more interesting, is a really good uh, good thing. And so if, if yes, because when I told my psychologist that I keep it all in my head, she's like, "You need a planner," and I'm like, "Okay, whatever you say." Well, you know, something that's really important to know too. It's not just people with ADHD that need a planner. There, there's a lot of, of um, neuroscience that shows that that the less we have to use our prefrontal cortex and be able to be able to recall information and, and, and organize our information, the more we have available for decision making and our other executive functions. So, you know, even David Allen and getting things done, which I, even though I think there's a lot of value in that, I don't think it's a very ADHD friendly approach um, if you're familiar with, with that. But one of the things he says that you got to get everything that you intend on doing needs to be written down and out of your head, everything. And so I think yeah. that's a really valuable point. And, not, and it's not just people with ADHD that need to do this. It's really everybody. Yeah. I mean, obviously I knew about this, but I still wrote you down in my planner. You're on here. Awesome. awesome. Yes. And it's just like, yeah, now I do write everything down and I've been using this thing for months. And it's just like, dang it, she was right. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I totally get like that sometimes, just like, you know, dang it, I was wrong and you were right. You know what? I love those <laughs> moments. I, I really do. It's, I've, I've, because it's, one, it's humbling. I like to learn. And when I realize that I've had this like, oh, that's why you yeah. should do it that You know, it's, and one of the things I think is very true about people with ADHD and certainly myself included is that while we might be experiential learners, we don't always learn from our experiences, which yeah, which can be definitely. really tricky. You know, it's why we tend to repeat a lot of the same mistakes over and over. Um, but part of that is the way our, our our the kind of our brain works is that we know that there is impairment in in the ADHD brain from connecting consequences to future oriented behaviors. Interesting. Yes. So our, 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 basically our reward and consequence system of our brain um, is, doesn't work as well. So we need, we need very frequent uh, rewards. Um, and big, consequence, big consequences don't tend to stick uh, as well as we would like them to. Yeah, that's... Which is why people will say, oh, you just don't care. It's like, no, it has nothing no, to do totally with that. we totally care. Um, we just apparently have no idea what we're doing. Still. And I, was, and I was just saying to you, Jen, right before I hit record, that I, you know, you know, by the time this this episode comes out, I'm going to be in somewhere in the 40s of how many episodes I've uh, have done. Which is awesome. And I thank I've you. Thanks. Forever since number one. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> I've listened forever since number one. Oh, so. thanks, thanks. And I, now I completely just forgot what I was going to say. I'm looking up to the sky, hoping that that piece of information will come back to me. Come on, working memory, come back. It's gone. Moving on. And <laughs> awesome. Oh, I was I was saying that I felt like I you know I'm still new at this. Like I was about right before I hit record, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm missing something. I think that's just about me being kind of tired. Um, yeah, but I mean. Going through life, it's like you're always learning something yeah. new about whatever you're doing. Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're you're always going to be constantly learning something. Or and That's like, fun to me. That, that's yeah. why, you know, that's why I embrace this whole idea of, of failing forward. Because, you know, I'm, I'm good at failing. So it's like, why don't I just embrace it and learn something from it instead of trying to fear it? Because when you fear the failure, it, it, it prevents you from moving forward. So oh, yeah. So... I should like figure out a way to tag the episodes that I've done or I'm definitely have not had enough sleep versus the ones that I have and just listen and see the differences between the two. Yes, that would be an interesting self-study. Maybe I can have like a grad student contact me and, and study it that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be glad to contribute to research. Um, so, okay, where are we going from here? You know, here would probably be a really good time since we were having some fun. Uh, tell me um, some of the things you like to do for fun. You said you do like to you like to read. Yes, which I, I do. thought was really interesting because a lot of people with ADHD don't like to read. Have you always like? Have you always enjoyed reading? 
Yeah, I really have enjoyed reading. Um, I actually, this is a really interesting fact about me, and you're going to just be like, what? I actually read before I talked. Like, I Please started, tell us about that. Um, I started reading when I was like two and a half, my mom said. So, so hyperlexic, what they would call that. And, um, like... I finally started saying things that people could understand when I was like three. So I always say that when I talk excessively, I tell people, oh, I'm just still catching up. Like I'm still doing it. I'm 20 years old and I'm still catching up. It's fine. Well, that's true, actually. You know, it's it's when you look at ADHD as a developmental delay that, you know, we're, you know, from basically five or when whenever you get a diagnosis uh, or as early as you can get the diagnosis till about 18 we look at ADHD as having about a three-year delay. Um, the, the frontal cortex of the brain, including some other areas as well, truly does have a, about a three-year maturation delay. But it does keep catching up. So your perception of that is, is actually very accurate, um, and it's very aligned with what we understand uh, from the science of studying ADHD. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, like, throughout, through elementary school, I had this... I had like the best librarian ever for like five years of elementary school. And um, like she always kept me engaged with it. And um, yeah, I just I read like crazy. And then like the standardized test stuff, like I'd actually do good with the reading stuff. Math stuff is a different story. (laughs) How bad was it? (laughs) Oh, God, (laughs) I don't even know. I don't even know how bad it was. I just know it was really bad and i really hated math class and once i actually got in trouble for reading during math class <laughs> like That's i'm just great. sitting there i was like in fifth grade and i'm sitting there and i'm reading my book and yeah i got like the notice sent home like yeah jennifer was reading during math class and i got in so much trouble at home like my mom was like you can't do that and i'm like but i wanted to read <laughs> Not math too math. Stuff. i don't get it <laughs> Yeah, not do math. No, no, that's ridiculous. So you were telling me that um, there's a, a book that you just finished reading, I think. Um... Yeah, I I read it like more than once and it's just a favorite. And that book is? It's called If I Stay and um, it was just a movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, people might have seen like previews for it or, or whatever. And um so should I go into like what it's about, I guess? <laughs> sure. Give give a brief synopsis of it. Okay. Um Everybody so, dies at the end. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so this so this girl Mia, um, she and her family are in a car accident because it was like a snow day and they were just gonna go like visit friends or whatever. And so yeah, they end up they end up in this car accident. And um I don't want to like spoil it really badly, but um, she ends up in a coma. Like it's not a pleasant, it's not just like a little fender bender or like anything like that. And um, she kind of has to decide if she wants to like stay in the world or she wants to like, die i guess i don't really know like how else to describe it other than that but she has to kind of decide will do she I want live to or will she die if you want to find out i know you can go to audibletrial.com and get a free download of this book because you did say that you found it on audible yes i i had to search through forever because i literally have a list of like 10 books and i had to narrow it down and it was like the worst thing ever well, maybe you could share your some of your favorite recommendations in the ADHD Rewired Facebook uh, group, because I know that there are other people who are interested in reading things other than about ADHD and, and personal growth. Sometimes it's just nice to read a story. So yes. I'm going to take a quick break and thank our sponsor and uh, share everyone uh, with everybody. Just a little message about the upcoming coaching group, and we'll be right back. <laughs> 
Go to audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired for your free audiobook download. Hey guys, Eric Tivers here, and over the next few weeks, about a month, you're going to hear me talk a lot about the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group that is set to start in the middle of January. But instead of me telling you all about the, the benefits that you could receive from it, how you can increase your productivity, achieve your goals, all of which are true, I thought it might be actually more powerful to share with you um, a from somebody who was in our group this past time. I'm going to share with you, Chris, who is a, a school principal, uh, just a, a brief clip regarding uh, his kind of reflection of the group. And this was from a recent uh, coaching call. And uh, this was shared with permission. Now that I look back and reflect on uh, joining this group, I, I don't really remember exactly what I expected from the group or was it just going to be ADHD strategies or was it going to be uh, fulfilling goals, uh, chasing uh, uh, vision goals. And it's very been very powerful to see that uh, the last uh, 12 weeks has been a defining of a roadmap for my own self-confidence. And with that self-confidence comes more productivity and with that productivity comes our goal attainment. And so this is kind of a real specific foundational focus that I have taken from the group. I had to have a relentless accountability partner. He was he was relentless and I needed that. Um, there are times in some forms of accountability where um, I just needed the positive reinforcement. He would ask questions on why I had not gone to bed or even examine my sleep cycle data and, and be and be pretty uh, respectfully critical of times where I had slept or where I had not done what I had said that I was going to do. So, And then um, several things happen, and it's not magical, it's obviously physiological and mental, but is that I wake up, I would say a, a majority of my anxiety uh, is gone. I would say that I have a completely different outlook on the day ahead. It, it changes, chemistry-wise, it changes me. Um, in so many ways that I that I, I I just can't describe. But most importantly, it's the time. It's the time for myself. The time to sit down and and within thirty or forty five minutes, the day can be planned out. And I can find that I have time that that I did not believe existed prior to that. But it comes with that partner of getting the sleep that I needed. I just want to thank Chris for allowing me to share that with you. And I would love you to share with me your interest in joining the next ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group. Just go to erictivers.com slash coaching rewired. That's erictivers.com slash coaching rewired to let me know that you are ready to get your ADHD rewired. And we are back. So you also had mentioned that when you're looking through uh, Audible, um, you found another one that was called um, The Impossible Knife. What, what was it called? The Impossible Knife of Memory. Impo the, to me, that sounds like that sounds really interesting memory. Yeah, and But you said it was all, nine hours and you didn't want to torture you know, the listeners. I didn't want to torture anyone, no, because I thought a nine-hour audiobook for a group of people with ADHD, that would be... Unless they got really gripped by the story like I did when I read the book. I don't know how that would turn out. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, I, 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 I like this is torture. <laughs> I've, I've, you know, I think the last really, really good audio book that I, um, that was, uh, you know, in, in, um, the, the fiction, I think it's, I don't know if it's a true story. The Kite Runner, is that fiction or nonfiction? I think that's fiction, but I've never read it. My sister has. But I listened to it. It was amazing. Yeah, there's so many good books on Audible. I was like, oh. And the reader makes all the difference, and you can list, you can preview the reader when you when you're going through it. Yes, I did that too, and some of my, I was able to take some off the list because I'm like, I personally do not like the sound of this reader. 
Yeah, like, absolutely. I, that's uh, it, I was like, I'm getting picky here, I feel like, but So we got a some a a finely hand picked uh recommendation from a member of the tribe. So thank you for, for doing that. We we appreciate that. Not a problem. Okay, so we are getting towards the end-ish of our only only on an ADHD podcast do you describe time as end-ish. Um, we're getting towards the end of this episode. Um, I'm trying to think out what are some of the things that I have not asked you about that I uh, wanted to ask you about. Um, oh yeah, you had mentioned that uh, regarding accommodations at college that uh, you've had a hard time kind of getting some of them and some of the issues you've had with some of your professors. Um, in regards to, to securing your accommod- your accommodations. Will you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, accommodations are complicated because I get extended time on tests. But so on certain days, um, my classes are sandwiched like together. Like they're all right in a row consecutively. And um, I can't miss part of like, like if I took it with the, if I took extended time with the class in the middle, um, I can't miss part of the class after that, or part of the class before that to start or finish with my extended time. Can you can you ask your professors if you can get like a, a page at a time? So if you don't finish it, you can come back to finish it. Yeah, I don't know, but it's it's crazy because um, even on the day where I have one class, um, I went ahead and had that professor sign the paperwork because I knew that I would be able to use them if I really needed them. And um, and when she signed it, she was just kind of like. Um, you know, there's not really like a place for you to have the extended time. And it's kind of like complicated. She basically said that it was a pain in the butt without actually using those words. Like she just kind of you took it's kind of like everything she was saying just kind of implied it. But I mean, she's a really, really fantastically cool professor. And so like and I haven't needed them in that class, so I can live with that. Mm hmm. And, you know, in, in, in all fairness, that when uh, a professor has to provide some accommodations, it does create extra work. Um, so one of the things that, that you can kind of think about is how can you create a win-win situation? So um, for me, when I was in college, you know, I my freshman year, I had um, a, a accommodations set up with the Office of Disability Services. Um, but I actually, I think I used them a total of once. What yeah. I did is I actually talked with all my professors even before class started mm-hmm. and built basically relationships with those professors and we made our own kind of accommodations, which I think they probably preferred because then I didn't have to like get the test to the testing center. Um, and then because I actually like to take the test in the class, like that's that was more conducive to my learning. And then yeah. I can ask the, the, the professor uh, a question if, if need be. So I found that I got more accommodations in college just by asking individual teachers or the professors like for the, that time. Sometimes I would follow a professor back to their office and, and take it. Other times I would uh, do it in, in like over the course of a day or two. Um, so if I didn't do it all at once. Um, so that's uh, so there are options there. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, ask, always ask your, your professor, say, you know, would you be willing to, or would it be easier for you if? Yes. Uh, yeah. With one of my classes, everything except the final is an online test. So he can just go into the system and add it, which is great. Okay. Because I did actually use that like once. I think it was when I had to do math. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Because math. So what about um, do you get as far as an accommodation? Can you have uh, an accommodation where where you're able to get some of your um, papers and, and long term assignments broken up? No, I didn't get that sort of accommodation. So that's a, that's a type of accommodation that you can get, but it's going to be best if you do it just by meeting with your professor and say, yeah. you know, I've, I have a hard time breaking these kinds of things up. Will will you kind of sit with me for you know 15 minutes and 
help me break this down and then hold me accountable? Can I turn parts of this into you? Um, so that, that is something that I've, I've worked mm-hmm. with a lot of, of uh, clients on is how to kind of renegotiate the terms of, of the, the course with the, uh, with the professor. Yeah. I had an English professor at my last school who was fantastic. And like, I mean, she's amazing. And um, she had, she would literally, she would make us pre-write. She would make us do drafts. And we'd have to go back and like, actually like look at things and like, I would send her drafts and all that stuff like all the time. Like, can I get your feedback on this? And like, this is what I think might be wrong with this because I tend to do that too. I tend to like, if I'm writing a paper, I will go and be like, this is everything that is wrong with this paper and just make like a, a list. And then half of that isn't true. Apparently. (laughs) Do we have some perfectionistic qualities? Yes. Because I will totally think that something is wrong with the paper and they'll come back to me like, no, Jen, this is brilliant. The best work ever. Yes. And I'm just like, no, it's not. I have to make it better. And, uh, I, yeah, I remember being mad in that class when I got a 90, which is still an A really? on a paper. And I was mad about it. And I like did the rewrites for it so that like, because in that class, you could also do rewrites to get like a better mm-hmm. grade. And like, just, just kind of like to me, change. like that should be a standard part of, of schooling, like all through school. Like the chance to like fix what you did wrong, like including tests. Like it, that's how learning happens. When we mess something yeah. up, the opportunity to to do it better, that's how learning happens. So, sorry, that was a little side tangent, but something I feel strongly about. Oh no, no, no! If you feel strongly about it, go ahead. And I, part of my whole being young thing, I like learning all of these things mm-hmm. and just like gaining more of the knowledge and understanding and awesome okay so speaking of being young and having this mind that you know is constantly looking for for things um i have a few more questions but these questions are going to be part of the random question round this is the part of the show which has nothing to do with adhd which then paradoxically has everything everything to to do do with adhd ADHD. (laughs) yes okay so my first question is if you can invent something what would it be I've always struggled with this question. Maybe something that would magically give me more vanilla Coke. Like, that'd be nice. Instead of, like, having to go to the store and buy it and all that. Just, like, wave some kind of, like, wand and my favorite beverage just appears in front of me. (laughs) So I've had a, a similar idea to that. And that is, so at a restaurant that... You know how the they have like all the, the soda lines that are that go into the soda fountain, but it's so like usually the the boxes with the syrup and everything are in the back, and then they yes. having that channel through every table, and so you can just get your own refills right there at the table. Brilliant. I think it's fantastic. But it's funny I don't really drink soda anymore. Oh, so. see, I drink tons. It's bad. <laughs> okay, next question, which I actually haven't thought of yet, um, is. You are about to walk into your... Do you live in a, a dorm? Yes. Okay. So you walk into a dorm, and your hands are full, but you see a nice little old lady who's struggling to open the door, um, and you can tell that she needs help. You also see a an, an attractive young man who is there maybe to do some maintenance work. And you see that he is about to spill over a can of paint. And you can tell he doesn't realize he's about to do it. How do you help the situation? Um, here's what I'm thinking. I would probably have my backpack on. And so I would probably try to figure out a way to put the things in my hands in my backpack. So that I could help with the door. And then because my voice is loud and I can yell, I would try to yell at the maintenance guy. Like, you're about to spill the paint. <laughs> there, there's, I don't know. There, there was part of me that, that was thinking you were going to say, I'm just going to take out my phone and, get, and start recording and watch this all happen. <laughs> no, no. I am like... 
Yeah, I'm the I'm somehow the person that people are like, hey, I'm not going to class. Can you turn in this assignment for me? Sure. Yeah, I'm that person. So, Do they realize that you might forget to turn it in? No, because I don't. Okay. <laughs> like, that's one thing that I'm, like, good at. Because, like, sometimes, though, that, like, them saying, can you turn this in for me, reminds me that I have to do it myself. Okay, so you are going to be, uh, you're, you're majoring in music business. Yes. And imagine for a moment that you are, are managing a, a successful band. What is the name of this band and what is their number one song? Oh my gosh. Um, so am I making up a band here? Yep. Okay. Um, let's go with the band is called... I, I don't even know. The Purple Penguins. Okay. The Purple Penguins. They just came out with their, their debut album with the hit song. I Wish I Lived in Antarctica. <laughs> and would you mind singing uh, a, a line from that from that song? Um, I can't really sing. Like, it's bad. That's okay. <laughs> um, you know, we're like almost 50 minutes in. No one's listening anymore uh, anyways. Okay, so like, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I lived in Antarctica where all the penguins are. I wish I lived in Antarctica where all the penguins are. I don't know. <laughs> Just they want to be around their own kind. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm processing that. It has potential. <laughs> okay. What, what's the uh, What's the second hit on this album? Oh, um, maybe I should have gone to Africa instead because of African blackfoot penguins. They actually live, like, you know, in Africa where it's kind of warmish. I thought penguins like cold. Most of them do, but African blackfoots are different. Like, they can, like, so the, there's an aquarium near, um, home for me and they, like, have a penguin parade and they use the African Blackfoot one. Like a real penguin parade? Yes. Like there's actual like penguins going down the street on floats? They don't like... And passing out candy? They don't go down on floats and pass out candy but they like walk around in the morning and then like... Yeah. I love penguins. I'm obsessed. That's fantastic. If you had a pet penguin what would its name be? I don't know. Um... I guess it would depend on the species. I guess I would have to have an African Blackfoot. And um, let's just say that their scientific name is Donkey-like. <laughs> Bless you. This is supposed to be a family show. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, say it again. Donkey-like? It's supposed to be like... Um, it's <laughs> That's what it is. I'm serious. Wait, say- Say it again. The, the scientific name of, of an African blackfoot penguin is Jackass. Is, that's the scientific name. That, that's the scientific name of it. H- how yeah. is it spelled? Like Jackass. Like just as it sounds. Like, like, it, like the name Jack. Connected to the word ass. Okay. It's, it's, it's science. All in the name of science. And I learned that as a sixth grader. Oh my god, I remember... I don't even remember how old I was. I was probably like in second or third grade being sent to the office when I was in, um, and when I went to uh, Hebrew school, I think it was, and we would read a passage and it had the word ass in it. I could not contain myself. That was not fair to put me in that situation. And I would just, yeah, and I, it would get uh, me in trouble. Yeah, I, I think even And I think even to this day, if I was in that class, I would still get in trouble for laughing. <laughs> yeah. Because like, I remember this kid, like, had it in his project and he actually looked at our teacher before he would even say it and like our teacher she went ahead and like nodded her head just like okay you can go ahead and say it which also reminds me of when I was in fifth grade and we were studying the planets now when I was in in uh, college and I took an astronomy class which was completely fascinating it was just a, it was every single uh, class was just like 
Ooh. I loved it. It was great. I got to actually, my final, I got to actually control the planetarium. It was so cool. Wow. So my point to the story was, oh yeah. So our professor um, would, would refer to the planet as Uranus. Well, when I was in school, they did not call it Uranus. They called it Uranus. No. Yes. And as a fifth grade boy, that is the funniest thing ever. And my, sure and my teacher knew that I, was, that I would not be able to not laugh. And so when we were all assigned to write something on the board about uh, each planet, of course she gives me Uranus. Thanks, Miss Getz. You were still a pretty cool teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going absolutely to random land at this point. Um, it's it's not too far away from the little end of the Nile, but it's a lot more fun. Um, yes, I love the randomness. That's probably one of my favorite things ever because I have all of these notes here and I didn't talk about like half of them and it's just hilarious. Well, and I did tell you that tends to be how it goes. We, we, we yeah. all prepare these notes and we usually don't use them. So it's I kind of use them for when I get just really lost. I'm like, uh, where do I go next? So, um, but I do think that we covered most of what... Uh, we, we said we would. Yeah. So, Jen, I want to thank you for, for sharing your, your story with me and for hanging out with me on ADHD Rewired. Oh, yeah. Are there any last uh, kind of parting words that you want to, uh, from from the Ivy Leagues or Ivy Towers or wherever you are and whatever color it is up in the university, there in, uh, in Nashville, any final words you want to leave us with? Um, let's see here. Um, if you're in denial land, get out. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's go with that. Okay. That's, that works. And why, why should someone get out? Because I guess in a way it's like, you don't know what you're missing. You have no idea what you're missing. And in life, you should always get out of that space where you think you know better than everyone else. Brilliant. That's awesome. Listen to other people. Listen to other people. Sometimes they are actually right. They may make you take the most boring computer test of your life, but they're right. Jenny, you are wise beyond your years. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, thank you again. And you can talk to Jen in the ADHD Rewired uh, Facebook community. And just to remind everyone, you have to request to be in there. And please check your inbox because I do t- I do ask you some questions before I accept that request. Um, yes, and- you go to messages, you hit other if it has a little one next to it. And it's probably from Eric being like, are you a real person or a spam bot? <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> I have definitely uh, been able to screen out some spam bots. And it's definitely a level of satisfaction when I'm like, aha. So, if people want to talk to you outside of there, is that just the best way for people to reach you? Um, I also tweet excessively. It's hard to keep it to 140 characters sometimes, but. <laughs> and what's what's your what's your twiddle 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 twiddle? twiddle. What's your Twitter <laughs> name feed handle? Um, my Twitter handle is jkitty107 because I have not changed it since I was like 14 and made that Twitter account because too many cool people have replied to me through that handle. So I'm not changing it now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that if I got a tweet from someone with the jkitty name, I would, I would think that you were like 14. Yeah. But I mean, you do follow me on there, so. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know what that says about me. So, anyways, Jen, truly, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad that yes, we were able really, to kind of play a little really bit, and uh, and I appreciate you really sharing your story. It's not a problem because we need to put our stories out there so that more, so that people have more stories to connect with and see maybe part of someone with maybe see themselves in someone with ADHD and that's what pushes them. So. Oh, again, thank you. And I, I'm just, I'm always just so grateful for anyone who uh, comes out here to share their story. So this, this week is your week. So thank you very much. And uh, that is all the time we have and we will see you 
all see you. This is an audio podcast. I'm not going to see anybody. We will talk to you all next week. Take care. Well, ADHD Rewired Community, thank you for listening to another episode of ADHD Rewired. If you are new to this show, I want to welcome you to the show and to our community. If you have not done so already, it would mean the world to me if you would go over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave a quick rating and review. I know it can be hard to find that where to leave a review on Stitcher. So if you just go to my website, that will be the easiest place to click the Stitcher tab on the right. Just go to erictivers.com slash podcast. We are on Facebook. Like our page, but submit your request to join our free and growing community. And please check your other inbox because there's a good chance that there is a message from me waiting for you. If you live in the Northern Illinois area, you are invited to the Northern Illinois chapter of Chad. We meet on the third Monday of every month in Gray's Lake on December 15th at 6.45 p.m. I will be presenting on ADHD 101, which I'm now retitling as, oh, now I get it. So this is a really fun and good presentation. So if you were in the area, I would love to encourage you to come out. And we are on Facebook and on Meetup. And just as a quick note, Chad does not endorse this podcast or me. But I think it's a great resource. Don't forget, if you would like to be a part of the next ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group, let me know at erictivers.com slash coaching rewired. And next week, I'll have an announcement about something cool and free that you might want to know about. This is Eric Tivers. Thanks for listening. Until next time.